We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says, for years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke says. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brooke Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from an unapologetically conservative perspective. You know, we don't abide rhinos and Benedict Arnold betrayers. I'm your host, Brooke says, conservative patriot, proud, deplorable and columnist, which you can read on brooktalksamerica.com, which is my website. Connect on the interwebs until we all get kicked off. I'm on Facebook, Twitter. You can email me if you'd like to be a partner and sponsor uh, the show. Let me know. There's also a donate button if you'd like to uh, do that. I'm here with my co-host, Colonel Jim Warship. Warshuk, who's the former deputy director for intelligence at U.S. Central Command, served on the White House National Security Council, currently serves as the Hillsborough County, Florida GOP chairman. You know the deal from hot topics to history. You can be sure if it's happening in America, I will be talking about it. You can listen to archived podcasts of this show on my website. Also, um, I'm on... I've changed my shift on Captain's America Third Watch. It will now be every first and third Tuesday morning at 5.30 a.m. Colonel Jim will be on daily, uh, every Wednesday, sorry, at 5 a.m., both on this station, Salem Media Group or AM860, The Answer. Uh, and my podcast is on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, and Podomatic. I have a, my latest article is, Will Vigilante Justice Emerge Where Legal Justice is Absent? Go ahead and check it out. Basically, you know, a system like this can not go on. We have people that are high profile in who should be doing better that don't get charged and people like us get charged for really stupid things. Um, you know, it can't go on. They have capricious nature of prosecutions covered with uh, the increasing hardships financial of the lockdowns and everything people who are generally law abiding will only take so much of this type of insanity basically before they take matters into their own hands uh if the elected officials law enforcement agents or judges will not deliver justice the system the citizens will come what may uh so check it out let me know what you think about that please do go to the facebook and my twitter like to hear your thoughts on the show and anything else you want also if you have any questions you want me to ask guests for the show just uh like to interact with you so my guest today let's get to the jelly right uh so my guest today is eddie he's the veteran owner of stocking mill coffee that's stocking like christmas stocking he's a christian conservative who not only wants to make an excellent cup of coffee and we'll be getting into <laughs> what he thinks of k cups and what he says you will never be seen one of those at stocking mill but in addition to veterans he also loves america american history and freedom and is working to use the blessings of his business profits to further the cause of god liberty and the american way of life he's a thoughtful guy who pulls no punches knows what he wants and is working to make it happen check out the website stockingmillcoffee.com and also you can find him on twitter it's smc roasters i'm not on instagram but he's there on instagram as well so check it out and with that i'd like to welcome you to the show eddie thanks for coming on thank you for having me absolutely so i learned about you you know i was having a conversation with a mutual friend of ours and i think it was a gun bill we were talking about gun control gun bill 
that the uh, right. they're trying to push in Florida and the Democrats are trying to do nationally. It came up some kind of, you know, roundabout the way about Tulsi Gabbard, what she thinks about guns. Somehow the subject of Black Rifle Coffee came up and we were discussing that uh, about the Kyle Rittenhouse thing and the little kerfuffle that was there. And in the in the course of that conversation, she mentioned you and how I should talk with you that you're very involved with conservative causes, which we'll get into in a minute. And I don't want to get into like, a you know, any kind of Black Rifle coffee bash fest just give me a readout a basic readout of what happened with them and that whole thing and then how you ended up starting what you were doing before uh stocky mill and how you ended up starting your own company coffee company and the values are in relation to the second amendment because obviously it has to do something with uh black rifle coffee what we were talking about right well when i first uh started i actually started another coffee company with a couple other military uh friends of mine and stuff and uh as we were growing um it got to the point where i think i guess the best way to put it is uh money became more uh important than how uh our voice like our opinions right. and you know like and i just got to the point where i knew that i didn't want to go in that direction so i ended up starting my own um just just so that one that there was no uh, disconnect between me and other owners when it came to like I, I first and foremost wanted to make great coffee because obviously you have to have that but right. you know I, I wanted to just be able to put a voice out there you know like to create like a team in order to like uh, not only to promote conservative causes but like also just to to link up with other people and to uh, you know create like. A, a team throughout the U.S., but also use our profits to do things like, you know, that that matter, that other companies like, such as, you know, just for instance, Starbucks or something that take their their time, their effort, their resources to promote their causes. I just wanted to do the same thing. Right. And, uh, and to be free. Right, exactly. And so when, you know, I had started it and we were growing pretty fast, Dr. Mill, and the black rifle thing, I think, kind of like, gave us a little bit more notoriety because um, that evening, I think it, a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse wearing a uh, black rifle T-shirt had gone, you know, on social media and, and it was passing around. And I was just happening to scroll through, you know, Twitter and I saw that. And then I saw the response about, and, and, and not, not so much black rifle saying, you know, Hey, this guy's stupid or, you know, we have not, you know, he's terrible. Just, like the way that they tried to distance themselves right. from him. And in my mind, it was like, you know, after looking at the whole situation, it just seemed to me that he was the first person involved in something like this that wasn't like, you know, on, on social media prior being like a racist or uh, wanting to start trouble or being a felon or a drug addict or anything to that nature. Like he had every right to be there mm-hmm. and uh, he had every right to protect his, his, um, his town as he felt um and actually, himself right and, yeah. and and actually i'm pretty close to the other guy that was uh arrested uh with him in a sense where they said that he had provided the rifle to kyle um and you know after talking to them uh neither one of them went there to start anything you know so mm-hmm. like to me it was like to the fact where like what, this this kid actually is worth standing up for because Nobody else stands up for anybody else. And if somebody actually, you know, like exercises their Second Amendment right or exercises their right to protest and be there, um, you know, we have to back people up like that. Because if we don't, then nobody else will stand up for themselves. And that was just pretty much the basis of our 
how we look at the situation and, and how we treated it. And some people tried to turn it into a war between Black Rifle and us, but it wasn't like that. I mean, listen, it's a free country. You can do whatever you, you know what you want with your resources and time. And if you want to give money to Tulsi Gabbard or something like that, who wants to, uh, you know, like take your guns or your freedoms in the future, go ahead. But my company is not going to uh, take part in that at all. It's not going to happen. So that was pretty much what happened with the black rifle thing. Yeah. Well, and that's great because as it turns out that he was, it, the video is very clearly proof of self-defense, right? So of course, yeah. he was going there. Absolutely. Now we, you know, I won't get into it because we could have a whole conversation about whether he should have been there. You know, some people think he shouldn't have been there. He was too young. How'd he get the gun? That's a totally different issue. The issue is, is that black rifle coffee seemed to like, all so many Republicans, you know, you know, I've talked about this is like they just instantly run and say, oh, not me, not me, not me. Whatever you think about, right. we're going to defend ourselves instead of defending the principle. And that's, you know, we're in this crazy cancel culture time where nobody has the right to actually be free. And I love the idea that you were going to stand up because they should have stood up for him. But they were so they, scared you know, about being labeled with him. Definitely should. Yeah, right. They definitely should have. And, and, and like I said, though, that's their choice. Correct. But. You know, like, you know, I, I just decided to look at it a different way. And I actually don't mind if we lose business uh, from people because of our stances or anything like that. Um, it, that's not important to me. I mean, of course, every business wants to have more resources and, and, and be able to hire more people and grow. Um, but you know what? We're doing that and, and we're sticking to our principles. So that's fine with me. Yeah. Well, and that's great. So the name of the company as well as the names uh behind the blends are so interesting i mean you and i you should be a teacher of history it's great but you're a well-read student (laughs) of revolutionary history i want you to talk about the company name itself and the concept behind the names of the coffee blends because it's so cool well yeah no problem um so stocking mill uh coffee is named after a gunpowder factory in glastonbury connecticut um, that operated during the Revolutionary War. It was started and owned by George Stocking and his whole family. Um, and, like, I like obscure, like, stories from the Revolutionary War, the ones that you haven't heard of. Mm-hmm. And when I came across this story, this one, to me, uh, I think, uh, I mean, resonated pretty hard compared to any of, of the other ones that have come across. Um, the gunpowder factory used to supply Washington's troops with the highest quality content of gunpowder. And in 1777, um, Eunice Stocking, George's wife, uh, was returning from delivering gunpowder to the front lines, and her other son was uh, running errands. When they uh, saw in the distance, uh, as the story goes, the gunpowder factory exploding, mm. and actually, you know, the smoke in the sky, and it literally killed the whole family um, and all the helpers. And her and her son were the only ones that survived. And she ended up borrowing money in order to restart the factory and then continued to uh, provide Washington's troops with gunpowder until the end of the Revolutionary War and victory. And uh, to me, it was kind of like, you know, obviously that story encompasses the the, the American spirit as we grew up thinking of it, you know, like overcoming like some pretty terrible things in order to continue to fight for freedom. And uh, I, I think another thing that I loved about the story was, you know, because of the time period uh, of it happening, the idea that a woman actually at that time went and borrowed money 
Mm-hmm. And then with her son, started the factory herself. And and, and I think that, that, that shows a lot. And um, stories like that you don't hear in school or anything like that. So, I mean, one of the ideas was hopefully, like, when people buy our coffee and stuff, like, they read the descriptions of the stories behind it, um, take a few minutes, you know, like, on social media to, to see what we say about a certain story or something. But to me, that was, like, the greatest story of the Revolutionary War uh, that probably isn't well-known. Um, and then we have blends too, you know, um, like some of the popular ones. Hold like that thought. Musket. Hold that thought. I want to come yes. and I want to get it. into that after the break. You're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Eddie, and we will be right back. More Brook Talks America coming up. Welcome back to Brook Talks America with Brooke Says. Check out the blog at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooks Says. Welcome back to Brook Talks America. I'm your host, Brooks Says, here with Eddie. And so I want to get back into that. That's a really awesome story. And I don't think that, as you said, most people would know about that. And the thing that I love about that, you know, with the stocking mill is that it was a woman. There were so many women, children. And by the way, there were also a tremendous amount of slaves that were helping in the revolutionary cause at the time. And their stories don't often get told. So I love that. Um, and you are going to talk about your blends. One of the things that I, um, I absolutely love the artwork on your website as well. And you said you get as I wanted you to talk about the blends, but you said you get as many requests for labels of the blends as you do the coffee itself talk about some of the great the great stories behind your blends themselves well um with what you just said about the story about you know a woman uh that made it more interesting or or you know to you uh one of our most popular blends is called midnight run it's like one of the like the best finest dark sipping coffees that you can have and um uh it's actually you know, every coffee uh, that we have, we try to, like, for instance, it's a dark roast. We try to come up with, like, a dark theme or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And we call it Midnight Run, and it's uh, in honor of Sybil Ludington. And um, Sybil Ludington is actually, the, I guess the best way to describe it would be the OG Paul Revere. <laughs> she actually took a uh, longer ride and through the middle of the night and at the age of 16 wow. rode almost they say 36 to 40 miles through Putnam County, New York, Connecticut, Danbury, um, throughout the night on her horse to alert the, the troops that the British were attacking. Her father was uh, a general. Um, and, you know, at, at 16 years old, to have, like, the weight of, like, alerting troops that your country's under attack or, you know, like, a, a lot of people nowadays, they can't, you know, they go to college, they, they need a safe space just from, you know, seeing something on TV. True. And you have, like, a 16-year-old girl, like, going, you know, and she didn't have, like, you know, like, uh, like uh, a Patagonia or something, like, uh, Gore-Tex jacket and, you know, right. nice riding boots to roll through the night. Like, we're talking about, like, you know, you know, a lot harsher condition than some, you know, people in, in art in today, like, the wars we fight are even fighting. And I thought that was an amazing story. Mm-hmm. and. You know, like that's one of them. Um, uh, Smoking Musket is one of our most popular dark blends, too. And the story behind that is a little bit more well-known. Um, and that was uh, Samuel Whittemore, who uh, attacked the uh, the British on his property after they were coming back from a battle by himself and um, ended up killing three, three redcoats. Uh, and then they ended up stabbing him multiple times with bayonets, shooting him in the face with a um, musket. And uh, 
his neighbors found him uh, reloading his musket, and he ended up living another 18 years. And I think that that in, in itself is an amazing story. But to think that he was 78 years old when it wow. happened, you know, like most 78 year old people now can't even do, you know, like I'm around the golf, like let alone fight like with muskets and get shot in the face. And I mean, you know, there, there was a, a huge spirit behind mm-hmm. like the people that 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 took this you know our freedom so seriously that in order to say hey you know you're on my property right now and this might be it but i'm gonna i'm gonna give you everything i got right now whether it's the last day i live or not and um and, and today we're at the point where we can't even like give up a day of work to yeah. uh you know go protest something that that may be you know wrong or, or stuff like that so you know like those things that like, to me motivate me and uh you know in the morning time is when you're sitting there drinking your coffee getting ready for your day hopefully like i said people see stories like that we have um you know like one i think the most surprising of all the blends like as i i researched to find a name the one i think that surprised me the most like i had no idea that anything like this happened was we have a blend called Bubblehead, and Basically, we actually had a submarine that actually worked during the Revolutionary War and, you know, like was developed. And that's what we call it. So Bubblehead is what the Navy uh, called people that serve on, you know, mm-hmm. a, a loving name to the guys that serve on uh, <laughs> ships. And and to think that, that in the Hudson River of yes, all places, I remember that. you know, like a dirt, a dirty, you know, a, a dark, dirty, deep, like disgusting, you know, river that you're actually operating a sub that worked. And, and we're talking in the 1700s. So like, to me, stories like that were, were just like amazing to know that, it, you know, like the ingenuity, the spirit uh, of America in, in order to, we had some pretty big odds to overcome in order to start our country. And, uh, you know, like, Every little story behind it, I think, is just is 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 amazing, you know. So, um, we have we have so many different ones, you know. Uh, Thirty eight, I think, is another one that that uh, is my favorite as far as like the story behind it. George Washington obviously had uh, uh, put together the first intelligence service in the United right. States, and it's called the Culper Spy Ring. And uh, Thirty eight was uh obviously they had a code where they talked to each other and, and numbers uh had a designated you know meaning to them and 38 was designated for attack and you know people always talk about hey girl you know wake up and attack your day and stuff and i thought you know that'd be a pretty cool um you know uh attack 38 as a name for a, a blend and to the point where I think I even we had talked about this previously. We had a contest to see if anybody could come up with the meaning of thirty eight. Right. And out of all the contests we ever held, that was the one that nobody ever got. So it shows you that a lot of people don't know our history. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know our history, then you're not going to be in today's world as apt to stick up for it. Like you know, like you, you when they when they take down statues of the past or something like that, you won't want to stand up for saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know, maybe we ought to remember this history because this is where we are now, and this is how we got here." And um, so, the, to me, it's just, you know, obviously, I'm not uh, going to be able to like millions of people at this point will, will obviously know the history instantly, but throughout time. You know, you hope that somebody catches, you know, something off the coffee label and says, hey, that was a pretty cool story in history, and then tell somebody else about it, you know? Um, and, and and the more people know our history, the more they're, they're just going to be um, more, I guess the word is motivated to stand up for freedom. Well, and that's the really the thing is, and, and we were talking about this last night, is two things. One is that 
you are very dynamic in the way that you tell the story. And I, and I, we're going to be talking about possibly doing some podcasts about the, you know, using the sort of the, the names of the blends to talk about these stories and stuff. But it's like the history when you can personalize it and you can make it seem something that people can relate to, then it's much more understandable. It becomes more personal. And I think sometimes history is a difficult subject to teach in that way, but the issue of freedom is like, if you realize how precarious all of this was, people get mad now. Look, my internet went down this week and I'm like vexing over the internet going down. But like you talked about like Sybil Benning and she didn't, they didn't have internet back then. I mean, all of the things that we take for granted, something so simple as that or something so yeah. simple as being able to get water from a faucet. These are things that come with the, you know, the freedom of capitalism, real capitalism. I'm not talking about crony capitalism, but the foundational principles that yes, we did not live up to some of them at at the time, very in very serious ways, but the principles of freedom that we celebrate as a country on days like Fourth of July, you know, uh, you know, Veterans Day, honoring Memorial Day, honoring the service and sacrifice, President's Day, is something that once it goes away, it's very hard to get it back if you ever can. And if you can make right. it to where you understand. And I mentioned, you know, about the slaves is there's a there's a great t- show that I didn't really know that much about the Copa Ring until I watched Turn Washington Spies. There were a tremendous amount of slaves. And then later there were people that actually fought on the cause of the revolution that served and sacrificed and put themselves in absolute tremendous danger. They should be honored. And by taking away they all should. the history, you're erasing them. Them. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Absolutely. You know, one thing's funny uh, that that you know, with today I'm in New Orleans. I'm at the World yeah. War II Museum, and we were looking at um, like toys during the time mm-hmm. uh, of the, of World War II, and we were talking about it. And it was funny because everything was red, white, and blue. And and you know, obviously, it's like a propaganda during the World War, you know, to mm-hmm. for, to try to make Americans feel more patriotic. But you know what? That was a good propaganda. You're you're building up the best country in the world that gave us the freedoms to do what we're doing right now. And we were kind of like talking like you don't see stuff like that anymore. You know, like it's almost like I mean I'm a, I remember when I was a child and like growing up every four years the Olympics come on and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, growing up in Florida, I could care less about hockey or something like that. Or but man, if we're if we were playing the Russians that night, you can guarantee you Correct. everybody in Cleveland or Fort Myers or you know Immokalee Labelle. They were rooting for, when I was growing up, they had their USA hats on. They were rooting for the USA and things that they had no interest on any other day of their life except that day because America, you know, was, was fighting other people and in sports in, in a sense. And, you know, like we've lost that nowadays, you know, like, I mean, everything's just been taken away like that. There's no uh, pride that I see. And that's because I live in the Northeast and I think maybe that has a little bit more to do with it. Uh, as far as like living down the south, there's to me a little bit more pride in our country. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's kind of sad, you know. Like it, it'd be nice to uh, have people be proud of our country again, and 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 uh, not feel like an outcast for saying like "Go USA" or something like that, you know. Well, I actually think that even though the left, you know, for whatever reason, they're just miserable people. That's really what the bottom line is. But they, even though they want to try to shut us up, I think the more that they try to do it, it's like pressing, you know, a balloon under the water. It just keeps coming back up. And they're actually creating 
even though we don't hear about it, I believe they're creating more patriots because they're they're all being exposed. You know, their Trump derangement syndrome at this particular time is so insane. I mean, they're going to impeach the guy and, and what they had to, you know, they were forced yesterday to listen to the reality of what he said in Charlottesville, even though they've been propagandizing it against him for four years. So these are the kind of things that I think when you murky, when you disrupt the waters, the truth comes to the top. And I think that people are seeing now, hey, I'm not really with this whole socialism thing. I'm not with this communism thing. I kind of like freedom. I think that maybe we've had some problems, very serious problems, obviously, but we kind of work towards them. And these people over here are not bringing anything good to the table. They're just making us all miserable and hate each other. And I don't really think I'm going to be with that. For, I can tell you for sure one thing that people that are listening to to uh, take heart in. Um, I don't, I, you know, I, I own the company. I'm not in there every day bagging every bag and roasting every bean. But what I do try to do is, is like if people order decals or something like like that, I try to be personal and write a card mm-hmm. and put the decals in and send it to them. And one of the things people could take heart in is that you won't believe how many uh, cards and decals I send to, you know, like New York, New York, Los Angeles, California, you know, Chicago, Illinois. So it's not just going to like, you know, as a liberal might think, oh, yeah, well, you're just sending stuff to Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi. And no, actually, you know, people all over are getting a little, I guess the word is PO'd. And, um, you know, like there's patriots everywhere. And, you know, they may not be in the middle of New York City or Los Angeles running around with a Trump hat, um, which is smart because they're not, you know, (laughs) they're outnumbered. Yeah. Um, But but they're there and and, Mm -hmm. and they are like, you know, like in the in in, I guess you want to call like the occupied zone. Um, So, you know, take heart. There's patriots everywhere. and that one other thing I try to tell people is, is that, um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, man, you know, like the, with the voting um, that, that just happened, all, all the dead people voting and mm-hmm. people that aren't even alive voting. I said, you know what? That does happen. But in the long run, if something were to happen in, in the United States where it went a little sideways, those people might be able to vote, but they can't fight. So don't worry about <laughs> it. You know, so like that's just, the, I think, things to think about, like as we're going through this. I guess you want to call it a different time in our history as far as elections and things like that. Yeah. Well, I think people need to wake up and realize that the the left never sleeps. You know, the 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 ro- just don't. because the light and is off doesn't mean them. the roaches aren't there and they don't sleep. We've been complacent. That's a fact. And we need to wake up we and have. smell the freshly brewed coffee to use a nice little. Well, we're, uh, definitely, we're definitely doing that. Like, <laughs> like I say, like. You know, we want to make coffee best, you know, best first. And I think that when people taste it, they'll know that we're not just, it's not like a gimmick coffee, like just because we're Americans. Buy oh, no, our he's serious about the coffee, people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're definitely serious about beans and like, you know, providing like, you know, the best possible like thing that we could provide for anybody. But, you know, like right behind that, if our country, you know, fails, I'm not going to be able to provide beans. We're all going to be sitting in lines waiting to get handed out three mm-hmm. beans at a time. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, to us, it's just as important to promote freedom and, and to, you know, even to be, I, I guess the word is, you know, in your face about it at times, but also like there's a lot of things that we have in the works where nobody will ever know what we're doing. Like we're just putting money, time and resources into maybe flipping an election or, Love it. you know, something of that nature. And that's all we care about, really. Like that's, that's the, the, the main purpose of this company was to generate resources and voice and a team uh, that we can actually have, you know, something to fight back in a certain way. 
Because if you don't have money and uh, you don't have a voice, then you're not going to get anywhere. You know, everybody wants to fight for freedom, but, you know, unfortunately, if you're sitting on Twitter or Instagram and you have two followers and you're not spending <laughs> money, you're not going to get a lot accomplished. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we have to work just as hard to promote freedom by not just saying it, but actually getting out there and creating something that will, will give us the resources to do it. And that's why we did this. Well, and that's great. Uh, you know, I talk about that a lot on the show is um, we need a conservative marketplace, but we need people to put their resources, like you say, like these, we need some conservative billionaires out there. Um, listen, Eddie, we'll be there, so. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. We need to sell lots of coffee and uh, we'll be talking again soon. We'll, like I said, we'll be doing talking offline about stuff that we're going to do, but I want to thank you so sure. much for coming on the show. We could totally go for three hours. It's great. And so much. you yeah. know, let if you're listening, you have kids, tell them these stories, learn about this stuff, you know, and have them tell other people because it's very interesting. Like the, you know, you could write your own little books like Rush Revere. But um, so find, go to the website, stockingmillcoffee.com. Find them on Twitter. Again, it's SMC Roasters. Uh, what is your, what are you on Instagram? Same thing. All of our, for Gab, Instagram, and Twitter, we're SMC Roasters. Okay. So we try to keep everything the same. All right, great. Well, I want to wish you the very best with all your endeavors. We'll be in touch, and God bless you. Have fun this weekend. It's been a pleasure. I thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. You're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we will be right back. More Brook Talks America coming up. Both Democrats and Wimpus Americanus Apologeticus Republicans have tried in vain to find numerous ways to blame President Trump for the orchestrated melee that occurred January 6th at the U.S. Capitol. Anyone who checks for the truth knows that is not true at all. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, false media narratives and the vengeful leftists in government do not seek to impeach President Trump because he actually did anything illegal or encouraged others to conduct violent acts or invade the Capitol building? In my opinion, the reason for the second impeachment effort was to try and prevent President Trump from ever running for office again because he dared to carry out his campaign promises to govern on behalf of we the people and place U.S. interests above those of other nations, especially those that have embarked upon a mission to undermine our republic. President Trump infuriated those who, along with the United Nations, that have been trying to fundamentally transform the United States into a socialist-oriented lackey of the United Nations, China, and the Crescent Ones. Blowing away the myths and revealing the truth, I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the theronedwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Welcome back to Brook Talks America. Visit on Facebook. Search Brook Talks. And now, your host, Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says. And that was an excellent Edwards notebook, as always. And hopefully, their lies will not work. Uh, they do lie a lot, though, don't we? Uh, here is the impeachment is definitely the impeachment and coronavirus are like the rashes that won't heal. It's just I can't even with these people. So here is that Mensa dropout. Nicole Wallace on MSNBC. 
And again, that's not us saying so, John Hyman. That is a bulletin released to all law enforcement earlier this week that there is, until the end of April, a persistent threat of domestic extremism, domestic uh, terrorism carried out in the ideology and around this belief that the election um, was fraudulent, that the COVID restrictions are unnecessary. All of those ideologies pushed by Donald Trump. But, but my question for you is around incitement. Um, we had a policy, and it was very controversial. It was carried out under the Bush years and under the Obama years of attacking terrorism at its root, of going after and killing um, and in the case of Amr al-Awlaki, an American, a Yemeni American, with a drone strike for the crime of inciting violence, inciting terrorism. Mitch McConnell was in the Senate then. He was in the Senate after 9-11, too. How does Mitch McConnell, who understands that the way you root out terrorism is to take on, in the case of Islamic terrorism, kill those who incite it, how does he not vote to convict someone that he said on the floor of the Senate incited an insurrection? You hear that? Drone strikes on Americans. So now you are the same as Anwar al-Awlaki, not Antifa or BLM, right, who caused $2 billion in damage, are responsible for over 30 deaths, some of them including murder. No, you. You who went into the house you pay for. No drones for them, just for you. And it wasn't even you who broke the windows. It was the left people. This heifer is out of her ever-loving mind. She knew about Weaver. She ought to be asked about that pedophile Weaver and the Lincoln Project because she probably knew who, too. So she wants to draw on you. Uh-huh. We'll give you the address. Okay. I got you, Nicole. This is Bannon on impeachment. He does not say the one sentence that would stop future political violence. The election was not stolen. He still hasn't said that sentence. That is why National Guard troops in full body armor still patrol outside. Have you, by the way, you group of liars, have you told that to the governors of the state that sent the National Guard there? Does Governor DeSantis today understand what you just said? Does Governor Abbott of Texas understand what you said? Did the National Guard leaders understand what you said? Sir, you are a liar. If that's the truth, then you've lied about why the troops are there. Are you telling us that you've told the governor of Florida and you've told the governor of Texas because Donald Trump hasn't said and his followers that this was not stolen, that he has not conceded? You're telling me that's why the National Guard's there? You just saw it in the well of the Senate. They can't deny that. They've said it. National Guard in full body armor. And that's what you've got here with the razor wire. This is what Biden and this is what Pelosi. This is state power for for crass political reasons to go against the Constitution of the United States. Sir, let me make sure you understand something, Ted Lieu and Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. We will, and every distributor and Twitter and all, we will never concede. We will never say this election was not stolen because the overwhelming evidence, and I leave out the machines of which I get into it with Mike Lindell tonight for three hours on One America, and please watch it. We will never ever, ever, ever concede. Do you understand that? And you know why? 
because you stole this election and you bragged about it. You bragged about it on the cover of Time magazine. Molly Ball, the great reporter, she lays the whole thing out. No, sir. We are. And guess what? I, I guess since, uh, as long as you're in power, you're going to have the National Guard in full body armor then. And you know what? We are going to run the tables on you in 2022. We're going to win 50 seats and we're going to throw you out. This is exactly what your plan is. And now you've said it out loud in his impeachment trial. This is exactly how I feel. And I'm sure how Colonel Jim says feels as well. It was stolen. I'll never, ever believe otherwise, unless they show me good evidence to defend why it wasn't right, which they won't. Where is Ruby uh, Freeman, by the way? Just saying. Thankfully, uh, Trump's attorney, David Schoen, absolutely destroyed the left in the impeachment hoax trial yesterday and forced them to watch. And the viewers had to see it probably for the first time, the actual truth in its entirety about what he said about Charlottesville. Please, dear God, Please open some hearts and minds and help us save our country because they have been propagandized to the nth degree on this. And it's absolutely despicable. The other rash that won't heal is coronavirus. Here is our amazing Governor DeSantis. Uh, there was some type of report about potential travel restrictions on Americans and on Floridians. Uh, and I just I think it's an absurd report uh, that they would be doing that. I think it would be unconstitutional. It would be unwise and it would be unjust. And if you think about it, restricting the right of Americans to travel freely throughout our country while allowing illegal aliens to pour across the southern border unmolested would be a ridiculous but very damaging farce. So we will oppose it 100%. It would not be based in science. It would purely be a political attack against the people of Florida. And it's unclear why they would even try talking about that. Uh, Just look at the COVID situation in the state of Florida. So since December, the last couple months, Florida's cases per capita compared to the rest of the country, 28. 27 other states higher per capita cases and for the ball for the entire pandemic it's a similar story and so any attempt to restrict or lock down florida by the federal government uh, would be an attack on our state uh, done purely for political purposes now we've had to stand by floridians over these many, many months, even in difficult circumstances, even when it was not easy to do. We've saved their jobs time and time again. We've preserved small businesses time and time again. And we preserve the right of parents to send their person, to send their children to school in person. You look around the country, a lot of kids haven't been in school since March of 2020. It's an absolute disgrace. We led very early on that and we're much better for it. So we've had to stand by Floridians throughout time and again, and we will do so going forward. We will not back down. And if anyone tries to uh, to harm Floridians or target us, uh, you know, we will we will respond very swiftly. How much do we love our governor? He doesn't play with their nonsense. It's ridiculous. Pray for him, please, because as we mentioned with Joe Concha last week, they're going hard after him. They want Florida. They don't understand how they didn't get Florida. Uh, so if you're you need to get out and help to reelect DeSantis, that's a fact. So here is the orange girl, P. Saki. See how they treat her so nicely, even though they were so disgusting with uh, Kaylee and Sarah Sanders. Jen, um, first to follow up on schools, mm-hmm. the guidance coming out is for K through 12 schools. But when you talk about 
the White House's goal to reopen the majority of schools. It's K through H, from what I understand. So what is your goal for high schools to reopen in the next 100 days? I'm not going to set a new goal today. Uh, what I will convey to you is that uh, when Secretary Cardona is confirmed, um, you know, this will be his top priority. And we will leave it to him and his team at the Department of Education, working in close partnership with the CDC and others uh, to determine how quickly uh, and efficiently it can be done. Is there a reason that... You know, the White House's goal for schools doesn't include high schools? Uh, I would defer, I would ask, I would suggest you ask the CDC about whether there are differences uh, between the schools. I'm sure that's a question that might come up, but we'll see, uh, and hopefully you'll get a question if that's the one you want to ask. Yes, translation. The teachers' unions don't want to open up. They want to get paid, but they don't want to teach, okay? She is a joke, and so is this regime. You're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we will be right back with Colonel Jim. More Brook Talks America coming up. Welcome back to Brook Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by Twitter at Talks America. Here's Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brook Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says. Yeah, please go on the Facebook and the Twitters. Come on, folks. You can do it. Uh, I'm here with Colonel Jim. Just want to say quickly that this show is sponsored by 656 Electric. They service Tampa and the surrounding areas. No job too big, no job too small. You get $20, $20 off per hour rate for all listeners of the show with the code BTA20. And it is veteran owned, always a plus, 863-969-7790. So we talked about it, Jim, uh, with that Mensa dropout. Nicole Wallace, where she wants to drone us, which is always very lovely. But apparently, of all the things that are the big problems in America, climate change, which nobody is even thinking about except for some blue hairs and psychos who want to get some money. Uh, the number two is uh, domestic terrorism. Talk a little bit about that. But I noticed that they're not really talking about BLM or Antifa, are they? They're talking about us. No, they've redefined <laughs> domestic terrorism as anything that has to do with American patriots, Republicans, Trump supporters, Trump voters, MAGA, America first. If you fall into the category of any of those areas, then you are now the new domestic terrorist. And you're right. This doesn't include BLM, Antifa, or any other domestic anarchist group that go out— that go out and do violent things, that go out and storm the Capitol in advance, planned months before. You know, they planned it. Their real plan was originally they knew because they saw the polling that Donald Trump was going to win in a landslide. So they were ready to go do this on January 20th during the inauguration. Oh, yeah. But they reverted back to January 6th once this all fell into place as part of the Democrat plan to take over the election. And so they regrouped and the plan was out. They were already planning. The the evidence is there. There were plans on November 4th to go do Mm -hmm. what they did on January 6th. This didn't happen 
as it did. And, you know, you've heard it over and over again from so many people. This just didn't happen simultaneously because at one fifteen in the afternoon, Donald Trump said, go out and fight like hell and march down to the Capitol peacefully and, and make it make your voices heard. No, this was planned. Bust in Antifa, BLM, bombs planted, pipe bombs planted the night before around the Capitol and at the RNC headquarters. This was all well orchestrated and planned, and that's the way it is. But we are the domestic terrorists now, and as you talked about a minute ago, um, Nicole Wallace saying maybe we should be droned. Well, I say bring it because there's going to be a lot of people out there if people start getting their doors broken down for whatever reason because they're identified as a as a conservative Trump supporter. But we are the new domestic terrorists. They've come out and signed, you know. Joe Biden, on his second day in office, went to the CIA and said, I want, a de- I want an assessment, an intelligence assessment on, deme- on domestic terrorism. Well, first of all, the CIA and all the intelligence agencies aren't supposed to do intelligence on U.S. citizens and internally in the U.S. They're supposed to look at outside foreign. So why is that in play? And I wanted to mention— Wouldn't that be the FBI? Yes, it would yeah. be, and that's the way it's designed. However— Let me go back a few weeks prior, real quickly, to John Brennan. We all remember John Brennan, the former um, director of CIA under Barack Obama, who's been a thorn in the side of Donald Trump since 2016. He went and defined even further those that are considered to be domestic terrorists. And he said, we will focus on you laser-like to find out who you are and as co- uncover as much as we can on you. So what I'm really saying here is, remember FISA and remember how they were spying on Americans during the Obama administration? They don't hold a candle to what's coming under this Biden regime. They are going to focus on everything. And they're going to use, as uh, Steve Bannon mentioned this morning, the powers that they have using social media, the big tech giants to do their work for them. So that's what's in store here. Well, and one of the things that he says in that clip that you um, that you reference is libertarian. So it would be very interesting to see where even the Trump-hating people that are that are supposedly for free speech and against the spying and stuff actually come out and say something. But he is an evil guy. I have to say, I wonder if he is doing the Weaver thing, too. You know, I think they're all involved with that Lincoln project. And maybe he has a little secret. They're nervous about something. They're nervous about Trump, obviously, but they're nervous about something. My personal opinion is that one of the two of the reasons they don't hate they hate him. And I said this last week. One is because he's shutting down their wars. They make tons of money. And by the way, Rick Wilson of the Liberty uh, the Lincoln Project was heavily in debt. That thing was a grift. They made 80 million dollars and 50 million dollars of it went back to their own pockets. Follow the money, okay? They make tons of money off of war that you pay for. The other thing, this open borders thing is a pipeline for kids, okay? Mark my words, it's a pipeline for kids that can disappear into the country that nobody knows where they are, and what can you do with the kids? Bingo! So that's another reason that they don't like him, because he shut down the sex trafficking pedophile pipeline, Anyways, so go ahead on. um, This is just despicable. I mean, you know, we're here to tell you what's going on. Unfortunately, there's a lot of, you know, 
bad stuff going on. There was an awesome thing, which is that the, we mentioned it last week. Jim talked about it. Is Claudia Tenney was sworn in to the New York 22nd District, newly Republican um, elected. But what happened with that? So her um, her swearing in was supposed to take place this week. And, of course, what do you do? You invite your family. And so she had her husband and she invited her son, who is a Naval Academy graduate serving with the U.S. Marine Corps on active duty. He was banned by Nancy Pelosi from attending the event, a family member. And you know why? Because Nancy Pelosi, through the sergeant at arms and the uh, congressional um Physician who claimed, well, because of, and I don't like this word, COVID, we couldn't have him there because it would have been too many. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is just the most egregious and disgusting thing. Uh, you know, this is just purely the pure hate that these people have, the total disregard for sacrifice and service of, of our veterans, and this is the kind of garbage that they do. Uh, sorry, Pelosi, you need to do better than this, and that's called get out. Yeah, but remember, she had a corona-positive uh, congresswoman come back and go into the chambers to vote. So she kept a Naval Academy grad, an active-duty Marine, out from seeing her his Republican mother, see, if she was a Democrat, that would be different. Sure. But she had a corona-positive uh, Democrat congresswoman come in so that she could make sure that she had the votes. I believe it was an impeachment. Mm-hmm. She's, they, remember now, they use them to flex for the, for the installation and then put them in the cold open-door garage at 34 degrees in Washington to sleep on the floor. They don't care about you. They don't care about the military. Okay, that's who they are. They they hate America, but she's, she's they're there disgusting. to support their political narrative, yes. and it's just one more example of the hypocrisy and double standard that they preach and practice every day. Yeah. Okay. So what's going on with uh, you know they're probably going to Trump's going to get acquitted, but what's going on behind the scenes in another way that they want to get? Well, there's a couple things now. All of a sudden, they're, we, we learned this morning they're going to be calling witnesses. This was supposed to be wrapped up today and closing arguments, and then they would do their vote, which was going to go in favor of Trump. But now uh, <laughs> Chuck Schumer realizes that, and he's realizing, wow, he's going to get acquitted, and therefore he could run again for president in 2024. We've got to do something. So they're coming up with this plan to censure the president under the 14th Amendment. Uh, that's kind of been floating around out there. Um, whether they introduce that today, we'll we'll be watching and we'll let you know how that plays out. Well, and they're they're having witnesses now, which is really a stupid thing because they got totally destroyed yesterday by listen, Democrats. Okay, who do you put in front of the people? Uh, the the little dwarf Nadler, pencil neck Schiff, and now you're going to put Raskin? Come on. Come on, you guys run Hollywood, and this is what you're going to put in front of the American people to try to do in- impeachment? If you're going to have a show, do better. You can do better than that. Raskin, seriously. But they're going to have witnesses, so what are the witnesses going to do? Newsflash, you all are lawyers, right? All the people in, in a Congress are lawyers. Discovery, right? You get your witnesses. Trump's going to have witnesses. You don't think he's going to flex and put all the information out there? They forced you to watch the truth about Charlottesville yesterday. They forced you to watch videos about how Democrats are the ones burning down the whole country all of last year. Listen, you guys want to play the game. Trump is a gangster, okay? He's much better than you. So bring it, bring it, bring it. What's going on in California? Hope They have the $1.5 million. 
to recall uh, Greasy Gavin. Hallelujah. Thank God for California Patriots. Word out this morning is that perhaps Rick Grinnell, remember former U.S. ambassador to Germany and Donald Trump's director of national intelligence. Everyone knows Rick Grinnell looking like he could possibly put his foot in to run for governorship and he would be a phenomenal governor and he would probably change things like you wouldn't believe because he has a habit of firing people (laughs) just like that. So that would be a great thing. So we'll be watching that. Well, I actually heard that Cernovich was running, so I'm sure he has very stiff competition. Joke, joke, joke. Just kidding. (laughs) Go Grinnell. I hope he does it. Okay, so in the America last policy, and let us just be truthful here, okay? Biden isn't running anything other than to and from the couch and the pudding, okay? Nap time and pudding. That's what he's running. But the America last, because it's Obama's third term, the globalist uh, agenda in national security, what is he doing with that? You have about a minute. Yep. Well, the big thing here is the big push to get the the Iran deal, the nuclear deal, back on track. Mm-hmm. And they have brought in... Uh, as the new special envoy to Iran will be Robert Malley, who was notorious for putting together the Iran deal with John Kerry. And the fun thing that I think is really hilarious is Biden saying, hey, look, Iran, you've got to rejoin the deal so that we can cut sanctions. No, we're rejoining the deal and we will be cutting sanctions and sending over plane loads of money back to Iran. And at the same time, here they are. We're calling domestic terrorists in the United States, but we're relinquishing all the terrorists designated under the Trump administration from being terrorists. Yeah, so that in Yemen, they're, they've taken out the designation of the Houthi rebels. And what's going on with China? You have about real, 10 seconds real, on that. Real quick, uh, somewhat of a showdown. We've got two carrier groups in between uh, um, Taiwan and, and China playing uh, the guard against China. They're flying planes over. So there's a lot of tit for tat going on there, and we'll be keeping an eye on that. Yes, because what happens when you have a pudding uh, napper, pudding eating napper in the office? You sense weakness, and they're flexing because they know that the country's weak because Trump's not there. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim, and we will be back next week with all the new news. You've been listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. Connect by email, info at brooktalksamerica.com. By Twitter, at Talks America. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860, The Answer. I got some news for you. And you soon